This is Paul Bunyan Country Outdoors, our complete look at everything happening in the outdoors. It's sponsored by DS Beverages, your Anheuser-Busch distributor in Paul Bunyan Country. Ace on the Lake of Bemidji, Bonded Lock and Key, your home for Liberty Safes. By Pepsi and I Bottling of Bemidji, Timberline Sport and Convenience in Black Duck, and Clearbrook Electric. Later in today's show, we check in with Brian Hiller. He's a professor of Bemidji State University in the Wildlife Biology Department. But today we're talking about the Bemidji State University Craft Club and a very important event they have coming up. But first, a final recap of the Bemidji High School Fishing Team's 2020 season with Jacob Slough and Coach Chris Haley. Well, one final chat about lumberjack fishing as the Bemidji High School Fishing Team has put the wraps on the 2020 season recently at the Minnesota State Championships. Guys, thanks for joining us on Paul Bunyan Country Outdoors today. Oh, my pleasure. Yeah, thanks, Kev. Well, let's start with you, Chris. Uh, recap the tournament. Uh, how, how did it work and uh, how did we do? Well, the state championship is it's different than the um, the qualifiers where where teams are basically fishing for themselves. In the, the state championship, um, we send three teams, and they get to work for a daily limit of 15 fish. And it doesn't mean that each team has to put five up. It just means that we can only uh, put the top 15 fish up each day, and any boat can catch as many and contribute as much as they possibly can. Okay. And we had, uh, who, who were our teams this time? We had Jacob Sloan, Ryan Radio. We had Evan Lessett Moe and Nathan Vleck. And then we had Parker Beachley and Christian Hagelin up there fishing. Okay. Uh, and uh, how, did the, how did the Lumberjacks do in comparison to some of the other teams? You know, um, I'm, I'm impressed, you know, with how we did. Uh, you know, this is only our second year. So we're going to lakes that we've never seen before. So we, you know, we don't have a database of of areas to fish from the previous year's teams. And so when we hit these new lakes, I mean, we basically have a day or two to pre-fish them and try to figure the lake out for ourselves. So um, we ended up fish, finishing in ninth out of 84 teams, oh. which represented 31 schools. And so, you know, I'm I'm very happy with that for our second year. Jacob, uh, what did you think of the competition and the format of the tournament? Um, it was definitely interesting. Uh, fished, fished the same tournament last year, um, and we didn't have three teams at that time, so it went a little bit different. But uh, having three teams this year and being able to compete, and it's definitely interesting because, you know, it's not just the one boat you're hoping doesn't catch a fish. It's, you know, you got to worry about... You know, three other boats, are they going to catch a fish so we can stay in this spot or whatever? You know, it's just, it's really interesting because it's totally different than any other tournament you'll ever fish in your life. So it's it's pretty cool. The Lumberjacks got 30 fish, and uh, Jacob, it sounds like you had a pretty good couple of days. Yeah, it was, uh, it was fun out there. We, we uh, managed to find some fish and found a few schools of them and got them fired up and caught some fish out there so it was fun yeah you, you had 22 of the 30 uh what were you doing on the water to to haul those fish in oh uh, we we had found a little spot that uh it was off of a rock reef that was marked with a buoy um but the only way you're going to find it is with your electronics and nobody else really found that spot so we were able to fish that uh probably uh you know, 50, 75-yard radius spot all to ourselves. And uh, 
me and Ryan both were throwing net rigs out there, and you'd get a little school of them, and, you know, Ryan would hook up with one, and I'd hook up with one, and you kind of get that school fired up, and you could pull, you know, three or four out of that school before it would uh, die back down, and just kept running that program all weekend and managed to work for us, so. Uh, what was the biggest fish you caught? Uh, I think it was like and a half, wasn't it? I don't think it was that big. I think it was like 18 and a half was the biggest that we had uh, between the boats. Well, I take that. Yeah, it was. Uh, <laughs> and we had a lot of a lot of really nice cookie cutter 17 um, inch fish, which is only about a three pounder, if even. But you know, 15 15 of those goes a long ways. So. Well, Chris, uh, for a lot of, or for some of the team, that's, that's their last lumberjack action. Uh, how many seniors did you have this year? Boy, Jacob, were you the only one? No, Nathan. Nathan was a senior. This oh, year Nathan. Well. Yep, yeah, I forgot. Nathan was a senior also. So yeah, but it, yeah, we only had two out of the um, the sixteen kids that actually traveled around and competed this summer. Okay, so a lot of veterans coming back, but uh, for Jacob, uh, you are done for your lumberjack career. What's next? Uh, right now I'm just working, but looking forward uh, next year we're going to be fishing at BSU, so hopefully we can uh, do good over there and go fish in big tournaments and have fun. Well, one of the things on the college level, and Chris, you know about this too, is uh, you will expand the uh, number of lakes you fish, and you will expand the states you go to fish. I mean, this obviously is Minnesota-based, but when you get into the college level, you can fish anywhere in the nation. There's a lot of tournaments. I'm looking forward to that. Hopefully, uh, not necessarily to go go and compete. It's pretty hard to go compete against a lot of those southern teams. They get to fish those a lot more, but just go and uh, kind of travel around the nation, like you said, and just get to experience that and be able to fish these these different fisheries, and I'm looking forward to it. And Chris, um, they, he's joining a program that's that's definitely had some success and has a pretty good tradition now in the uh, in the competitive college fishing world. Yes, they have. The, these kids have done a great job, and um, I'm now I'm no longer affiliated with the university mm-hmm. team, but uh, Bob Strand from Admissions is, and he's an accomplished muskie tournament fisherman and a just a general all-around good fisherman and i mean he's doing a wonderful job these kids you know are are really getting on top of the fundraising to make it more affordable for them to go travel around the country and fish these tournaments and i mean there's some pretty good sticks and um that are on the team and two of them are a couple local boys jace peterson and charlie peterson so names that pretty much anybody in fishing uh recognizes through Northland Tackle. Yeah, <laughs> that is for certain. Um, Jacob, have you fished with those guys before? Oh, yeah. I've, I've fished with them for a few years now. I fished a Northwood Summer League against them all year and managed to beat them a few times, but they uh, they put the beating down on us pretty good this year. So hopefully we can uh, turn the tides next year, but it's always fun fishing against those guys. They're, they're real, good, real good sticks out there. Hey, Chris, as you look ahead to the future of the Bemidji High School fishing program, uh, what are you seeing on the immediate horizon? What are some of the goals for long term? Well, I think the immediate horizon, we're kind of, um, we're taking a wait and see, you know, attitude with this COVID thing. Uh, You know, there's no need to rush into holding meetings now in the fall. 
Um, so I'm going to wait until after the first of the year to see where we're at, and then uh, we'll start, you know, holding meetings to uh, get new kids involved because, uh, you know, we got a whole new class of freshmen that are very interested in fishing, and then also the eighth graders that are over in the middle school. I've got a couple of them now that have already reached out that want to fish next summer, and they will be able to do that because once they graduate from eighth grade, they are considered freshmen. Okay. So we'll, I'm, I'm kind of expecting that uh, we're going to have a pretty good team next year and uh, as far as numbers go, and, you know, we'll get going on the fundraising. We kind of we were we started out on fire with the fundraising after we got incorporated and were, was granted the 501c3 status. But then when COVID hit, we just kind of shut it down Everybody agreed that, you know, with businesses not even knowing what their future is going to look like, it just, we didn't feel right with trying to, you know, go ask businesses to help support us. So we just kind of uh, played it, you know, by ear and and made it through the summer and uh, looking forward to better things, though, in the future. All right. Jacob, uh, with your ties to the, the student body, what do you hear at the school? Do you feel like this is something that can really grow at Bemidji High School? Yeah, there's a lot of kids that I know that, you know, are, are interested, but they just don't know if it's quite for them. And, and then when this whole COVID thing hits this year, they kind of laid back a little bit. Um, but I, I expect that next year um, it, the numbers will grow a lot. And, you know, I know a lot of the – the underclassmen, they've got a lot of friends that have been asking them questions all year about it, and so I think they're they're going to be having a lot of buddies come and sign up, and I think I think it's going to be a really good year next year. Okay, well, you know, um, we we've seen uh, this year amongst adults and youth the record number of uh, fishing licenses sold. We we saw a lot more people on the water because of. There wasn't a lot to do this year. The people were able to try some fishing out. It sounds like most people uh, found it to be a very positive experience. It'll be interesting to see how much of it carries over in the future. But um, this was, a, with all the negative things that happened in 2020, uh, one of the positive things, there's a lot more people, adults and, and youth, uh, that discovered a really great uh, activity. And, and hopefully, uh, Chris and Jacob, we're going to see more people fishing in the future just in general i i fully think so and one thing that i'm kind of um seeing with the uh with the high school team and these younger kids that want to be a part of it um you know they're basically pushing their parents to start to fish bass because that's what they want to do so it's broadening anglers horizons on you know people that have just only gone out and fished for walleyes now all of a sudden their seventh grade son or daughter or eighth grade son or daughter want to go out and learn how to bass fish and you know they got to take them out there and help them with it so uh it's just you know it's not just the kids i mean parents are getting some benefit and and some education through this also well jacob what do you got planned immediately now are you going to go out and get some good fall fishing in i presume Oh, yeah, I got the boat hooked up to the truck right now and going up to work and enjoying these uh, nice days we have in between all these rain and, and cold days. So I'm going to ride this fishing train out as long as I can this year and 
Looking forward to ice fishing then. We'll get some fall fishing tips from Chris and Jacob later on in the show, but up next we talk trap shooting. In particular, Bemidji State University's Trap Club and a very important event they have coming up. Dr. Brian Hiller joins me next. This is Paul Bunyan Country Outdoors. Welcome back to Paul Bunyan Country Outdoors. I'm Kev Jackson. We're checking in with Dr. Brian Hiller. He's a wildlife biology professor at Bemidji State University, but he's also the faculty advisor for the Bemidji State University Trap Club, and that's his role today. Got a very important event coming up we'll talk about in just moments. But Brian, uh, as I noted before we uh, actually started uh, conversing now, I didn't even know that Bemidji State had a, uh, a trap club. I knew they had a fishing team. I didn't know they had a trap club. So tell us a little bit about the history of that. One of the things that I, you know, knowing what Bemidji State was, because I actually went to grad school here uh, many years ago, um, even before I got here, uh, one of the things that had started to, to sort of grow um, around, not not just at the university level, but, but around the country, at the high school level was trap shooting. And so before I even got here, I was trying to figure out how could we do something cool like that? Cause you know, so many of the students hunt and fish, you know, how can we get, how could we get a trap club started or, you know, get a shooting sports, you know, club so we could take advantage of that. And it would give the students a new outlet, you know, something they could do, you know, competitively if they wanted to, they could also do it for fun. And so before I even got here, I'd already had a folder when I got here ready to, to do it, but I it needed to, to sort of get a bunch of pieces in place before that could happen, one of which would be tenure. Um, and so uh, in in 2016, I also needed the right students. You know, I had to have students that I trusted to do this kind of thing. I mean, you know, it's a, you know, I came from Connecticut where, you know, where they don't necessarily have the same outlook on hunting and fishing and, and stuff like that. Um, but when I got here, I had to have the right students that I knew I could that could organize it who could do the fundraising, who could sort of do the paperwork side of it. Um, and I needed a bit more job security. Um, and so, you know, once I got tenure and I just so happened around that time, I had a couple of just fantastic students who I knew could do it. Um, Shawnee Stalky and Tori Drake and Matt Wang and a few of the other wildlife students um, were pretty fired up about doing it. Um, and we've just had some great students um, come through the, come through the group. So we, we got it going in 20, I want to say 2017 was our first sort of organized um, group where we, we went out to the Bemidji Trap Club and started shooting um, trap periodically. Um, and it's sort of grown from there. That was our start. But And so in 2018, we actually held an invitational where we, we invited other universities to come and shoot, uh, which was actually a lot of fun, aside from the fact that it was in October and it snowed. <laughs> <laughs> um, less than ideal conditions, but we had a lot of fun anyway. So it's just been a great group, um, and I'm not even a trap shooter. Like I don't, I didn't grow up trap shooting. Um, I I like trap shooting. You know, it's fun. I like sporting clays more, but um, trap shooting is what we got, and uh, and it's just great. And the Bemidji Trap Club has just been fantastic. I mean, such a great group of folks to work with. Um, you know, Bob Naylor and and um, and Lee and all, just the whole group. I mean, Dave Smith's been been really key. Um, so it's just been a great group to work with. Um, I really can't thank them enough for all their for all their generosity and support. It is a club, and for those who aren't familiar, what's the difference between a club and a team? Uh, so the way that it works is it's not competitive in the 
sort of NCAA traditional, the way like the football team or the hockey team or the baseball team, any of those groups that I would, you know, that you would normally think about in terms of competing with other schools. Um, it's at a, a sort of a lower level, if you will. Um, it's, it's more for recreation and, and competition, but not at the NCAA level. Um, so, not to say that that couldn't happen in the future, but it was sort of, I looked at it as more of a, how can we get this group of students who are interested in doing this and get them out and allow them a, a sort of avenue to, to go and shoot. So there's no overall ruling body, so to speak. It, not, not really. Um, not, not, it's not affiliated with the NCAA in that way. Um, and so what, what we've done, um, is a couple of years ago, so the first year we were sort of independent, just trying to look around and figure out, well, how could we get, you know, how could we shoot against other schools, even if it's virtually in the way that the high school does, where they all shoot at their own place and they compare scores virtually. Um, and so it just so happened that a couple of years ago, um, the high school clay league formed a college level clay league. And so we joined that for in 20, 2018 and 2019. We shot again in that, in the college clay league. Uh, we definitely shot in 2019 this year, you know, it's been a little bit messier because of the pandemic, um, you know, and schools not being back in session and sort of people being back on campus, so to speak. Um, so we're, we're sort of working on that part of it now uh, is, is getting our students you know, normally we would have a big, you know, sort of membership event. And this year it was virtual, which is a little bit trickier, and it was a little bit later than it normally would be. So it was just, it's been sort of messy all overall. Um, but we joined the College Clay League, so we, we compete against other schools. So the, there is no schools that have an NCAA. I mean, the NCAA, that's not a sanctioned event by the NCAA anywhere, is it? Not that I know of. Okay. Um, I'm not sure. There may be clubs and groups that are more, um, that have a longer history. In fact, I know, I know, and the, and the way that I started out with this process, um, a friend of mine, his son actually, uh, is in like the Olympic trials, um, for double trap. Um, I mean, the last time I saw the kid, he was, you know, knee high to a grasshopper, so to speak. Um, but now he's in college shooting, you know, shooting at Olympic trials on a regular basis. Um, and I knew that, that Hank had, had been involved in some collegiate stuff. Um, and it turns out he actually, uh, his name's Hank Garvey. And I know him actually as a duck decoy maker. Um, he and I make duck decoys and, and sort of that's how the connection, but Hank was involved in setting up a bunch of college clay, clay leagues or clay, uh, clay teams in the East. I think he set up one for Northeastern, maybe UMass Lowell and a few other universities in Massachusetts and throughout. But I knew, uh, Yale had one. I knew a few other schools had one. I just wasn't sure how to set it up. And Hank was actually really helpful in, in helping to sort of or, organize me to organize how this would work. Um, and he said, you know, this is the avenue and Midway USA for fundraising and, and a bunch of other things. Um, so it's been, it's, you know, sort of been a village to help us get to that point. But I know that they, most of the time, these clay leagues are, are virtual things. But occasionally you, you, you would go and shoot. Um, at somebody else's um, at somebody else's place. So, how many students uh, do you have involved in the uh, Bemidji State Clay Club? Uh, this year, we're down a little bit. Uh, we're down to I want to say we've got about fifteen or so. Um, and again, I think part of that is 
because we've got students that are distance learning, uh, and as a result, they are sort of scattered a little bit more to the four winds, if you will. Mm-hmm. Um, and in a normal year, we've been up in that 25 uh, student range. We've had as many as I want to say like 35, 37. Uh, oh wow! Which is, you know, pretty pretty good. And in that year, actually, um, you know, it was a lot of student financing. Like so, the students were in putting a lot of the cash up. So you got to join the Bemidji Trap Club. They have to, you know, we typically the university will pay for the registration in the league, but they had to buy their own shells. They had to buy their own clays. You know, they had to transport themselves back and forth. If they wanted to go to a, an event, they would have to, you know, lobby the student uh, the student union organization for um, for some additional funding. But um, you know, so they actually are putting putting in quite a bit of cash. Um, but the university really did understand that this is a pretty labor intensive and, and sort of costly um, activity. And this year they they were they really came through for us. So you know, hats off to SAFAC and the and the student union and the university for recognizing that you know, that this is expensive, but it has a lot of value and it's a big draw. You know, a lot of our students hunt and fish, so this is sort of a natural thing for us to have. One of the reasons we're talking today is one of your uh, your great shooters uh, is having some tough times right now, and uh, you guys are putting together a program to try to help. Yeah, so a few years ago, um, as the trap advisor, I would periodically get students who were interested in either wildlife or, you know, biology or whatever, but they also were interested in trap shooting. And we had, we had a student, Matthew Fabian, who came up from Pequot Lakes, um, and he said, well, I'm interested in biology, but I also really like to trap shoot. And he said, you know, I could do biology any place, but not every place has trap shooting. And so it was sort of a, a it worked really well for all of his interest. And so he came up, um, he decided to come here, and he joined the trap club, and in 2018, we had our first invitational, and uh, it was a hundred clay shoot, and it was against North Dakota. I think it was. I think NDSU came. Um, we had shooters from uh, Minnesota Duluth. We had a couple other um, schools show up, and uh, and Matthew shot a 97 out of 100, and uh, and literally put us over the top to win our own invitational, um, which was just fantastic, and. And I've gotten to know Matthew as a as a biology student as well, um, but he's having a tough time. He was um, all set to come back, and, and we were hoping he was going to take on a, a leadership role in the club. And this summer, we got an email saying that um, that he had been diagnosed with cancer. He'd been having some headaches, um, and uh, and so he had some headaches, had those in, checked out, um, and turns out that there was a lump on his on his brainstem, and he had that removed. Then he had um, in post op, he had a stroke. Um, which is pretty bad for a 20-year-old, um, you know, to have all this stuff going on right before he was getting ready to back to come to school. Um, and as I'm sure you can imagine, that's that's not only sort of emotionally and physically traumatic, but financially traumatic as well. Oh, yes. Um, and so he's had to undergo some treatment, um, and he uh, he's doing really well. He's in great spirits. He's such just he's a wonderful kid. He really is. I enjoy his company a great deal. Um, I love going out to the trap range and want, watching him shoot. He's a magician with a shotgun, um, but he's just a top-notch kid anyway. And uh, and so you know, when we sort of heard about this through the faculty, I was like, oh, you know, we really need to do something about this. Um, see if we can't figure out a way to to help him out. And they have a GoFund GoFundMe page set up, and they get a carrying bridge set up. And uh, and so 
I thought, you know, it seems like a logical thing. I know the United Way does like a fundraiser thing. So, you know, it seems like a kind of a cool thing to do for a guy who loves a trap shoot. Maybe we'll have a trap shoot event. And so I talked to Dave Smith up at the club and, and I talked to a few other people and I said, what do you guys think about this? And the club was immediately on board. Like the Bemidji Trap and Ski Club was like, yes, like here's how we can do it. Here's how we, you know, here's what I would do. Here's how much you should charge. You know, this is great. And so they were all on board and all the support from all the folks who, you know, who actually understand how to run trap events um, was really great. And I got a, an email from one of my other students um, who is in the Ducks Unlimited group, which I used to advise years ago. Um, and she was like, I told everybody about Matthew and we're going to come and run your trap. We're going to help run your trap shoot. So the students have really gotten on board around here as well. Um, you know, it's just been a great, a great opportunity to help out a family. It's just top notch. So I talked to Matthew, I let him know, and I talked to his family and I said, look, this is what we're thinking about doing. And they were just, I mean, I got an email today from Matthew saying how, how humbled he is and how amazing, you know, how his sister's going to come up and his great aunt and his grandmother are going to come up. Um, he wants to FaceTime so we can say thank you to everybody. Um, so this, this coming Saturday, uh, October 3rd, we're going to have a trap shoot. Um, I would prefer it ideally if people could email me um, at, at my work address, brian.hiller at bemidjistate.edu. Um, email me there and just let me know you're going to come. It's, you know, if you don't come, it's fine, but at least I'm trying to get an idea how many people are going to come. And registration is going to be about one o'clock and shooting will probably kick off around one thirty. It's going to be 50 clays. Uh, it'll be $50 for adults, uh, for non-students. Um, and it'd be $30 for students. And all of the money is going to go to the, the Fabian's GoFundMe page. Um, we're going to give them all the money. It's all going to be volunteers. It's going to be volunteers helping. Um, it's going to be all, all the, it's all generating money to help the Fabians through this really tough time. Okay. And you've got, uh, prizes for high gun mail and high gun female. You got some raffles for some of those hand carved decoys you were talking about as well. Correct. Yep. So I've got a couple of duck decoys I'm going to drag out of my, out of my hunting rig and, and put them up for raffle. Um, and like I said, it's all just a chance to raise some money for some folks that are in tough times. You know, that's sort of the Minnesotan way. You know, I might be a native New Yorker, but I'm on board um, with the Minnesota way and help, help your community. Um, you know, I feel like BSU really does take care of their own and, and he's one of our own and their family's just been fantastic all the way. They always come up to the shoots and, They've been very supportive of, of the Trap Club, and like I said, Matthew's a, just a wonderful guy who uh, who we really want to help take care of if we can. What's his long-term yeah. prognosis? Do you know? I don't know, and I don't know that they do right now. He's a young guy, so that that's certainly helpful. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know, you know, beyond uh, beyond where he is right now. Um, and he's in great spirits. He really wishes he could be here. Like that's what the email said today, and. Uh, and like I said, he's in good spirits. He's fighting pretty hard, and uh, he—I know—he's sort of down at the mail, taking care of things. And uh, so, it's like I said, it's a tough time, and, and we want to do what we can to help him out. Okay. Um, and what better way to do it than to go shoot some clays? You know, sounds like a pretty good opportunity to go shoot your gun and uh, and help out help out a family. So, okay. um, will you take registrations the day of if people decide at the last minute? Hey, I've got some time. I want to do this. Oh yeah, by all means. Yeah, if anybody just is hanging around there, you know, and we did it in the afternoon so that people could, you know, it's duck season. Get it. <laughs> yes. You know, I get it. You know, I want to be out duck hunting too. Um, so our plan is to, uh, 
to maybe go duck hunting in the morning and and then show up and start getting the traps ready at about uh, twelve thirty, uh, and then. The main reason I'd like people to just send me an email and just give me a heads up so that I can try and figure out how many traps we need to open and how much, you know, how much help we really need. Um, so the trap club has been super helpful. They're going to bring in extra, extra people to, to score and, you know, I'll be keeping track of scores and, and we'll do, like I said, at the end, we'll do a bit of a ceremony. The weather's not going to be fabulous. Um, but it's going to be, you know, a little bit better than today. Yeah. <laughs> Sunnier and uh, a little warmer. Um, so, like I said, we're just hoping to get out there and, and shoot some clays and raise some money for some for some great folks that that are in a bit of need. Um, and the decoys are, you know, like I said, they're ones that I've I've hunted over before. They may or may not have shot holes in them, uh, <laughs> but uh, it's just a cool chance to go out and, and shoot some clays in the afternoon, and and then you'll have still some time to go walk the trails for grouse after that. All right. Again, if you want to get a hold of Brian in advance and let him know you're coming, he would appreciate it. It's Brian Hiller at BemidjiState.edu. Correct. All right, so before we wrap it up, we're going we're gonna to get you back in in a few weeks to a month, somewhere in there, and we really want to explore what's going on at the BSU uh, Wildlife Biology Program. It's really exploded. It's really doing quite well. It's a great program. Uh, just quickly, uh, give us a, a bit of highlights, uh, how that program is going, uh, number of students we have in the program, et cetera. Oh, it's, yeah, I mean, so it started... Way back when, you know, Dr. Liz Reyes sort of went, hey, we should, have, we should have wildlife. And so, you know, she worked really hard to sort of get some stuff organized, ended up getting a position that I was able to get, and my job was to build it. And so, you know, she and I got together. We really start, started thinking about how we can build this program. And within three years, it was a full major. Um, it went that quickly. And once it was a full major, we went from 30 or 40 students to, I think we have 140-something, 135 in the major at this point in time. Um, and we actually, um, last year, hired a second wildlife person. So uh, Dr. Jake House came in and joined us in the wildlife, and he's going to take over a lot of the big mammal and, and sort of uh, carnivore stuff, which will let me get back to doing bird stuff instead of being a jack-of-all-trades. And, uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's just gone through the roof, which is fantastic. It's a great place to do it. The university is very supportive. You know, there's no better place than northern Minnesota to do wildlife, right? Right. Absolutely. Well, that sounds great. And, again, we're going to talk with you in detail and a few others, we hope, uh, you know, in about a month or so and, and really take a, an in-depth look at the program. Uh, but, again, a reminder that uh, the Bemidji State University uh, Trap Shooting Club is sponsoring Clays for a Cause, fundraising event for Matthew Fabian, uh, who's a member of that club, and uh, is in need of some help. Uh, $25,000 in medical bills for his ongoing treatment due to a rare brain tumor and a stroke that was suffered after that. Uh, Brian, again, thank you for your time today. We hope you have a great event Saturday. Yeah, I really appreciate the opportunity. And like I said, if anybody wants to come out and shoot some clays, come join us. It's for a good cause. We've still got one segment to go. We check back in with Jacob Slough and Chris Haley to get some fall fishing tips. This is Paul Bunyan Country Outdoors. Guys, we need to get some advice from both you guys. Um, if we want to go out fishing this fall, where should we be fishing? What should we be fishing for? What do we need to have in the boat with us? Why don't you go ahead and speak to the bass side, Jacob, and then I'll put a few pointers out there for uh, what I learned over the last five days of walleye fishing for that last Northwoods event. Well, I've uh, been on the water a little bit. Uh, I haven't been on water a ton the past few weeks, but um, you can still find a few fish up shallow. 
Uh, usually they're shallow this time of year from what I have found last year and years prior, but uh seems like they're more on weed lines and stuff out in a little bit deeper water. So, um, you know, if you can find a weed line in, in 8 to 15 feet, or even with the weeds dying now, if you can find nice healthy pockets of, of cabbage or, or some kind of weed, you know, kind of in these, these dead flats of weeds, if you can find some real healthy patches, They'll usually hold fish and flip a jig in there or a Texas rig or something in there, and it should be holding a bass or two. What about the walleyes? Well, the walleyes, first of all, I want to I want to add to that and just say that fall bass fishing is some of the best because when they do tend to uh, move out to those weed lines, they tend to school up pretty hard. And, you know, in, where you're pitching, a, casting a frog or pitching a, um, a Texas rig crayfish and pads and, and reeds and stuff like that, catching one here, one there, you find yourself a school of largemouth out on the weed line, and, you know, you can pull three, four, five of them out of there, which is just fun fishing. But getting to the walleyes now, um, there were two different kinds of bites that were going on out on Bemidji this weekend, and I my pre-fishing was all done uh, basically with a jig and a minnow, and I was I was keying on those green cabbage weeds also, and uh, finding walleyes in pretty much any patch of cabbage weeds that you could find out there that were in seven, eight, nine feet of water. But then there was also a live bait ruck bite with guys that were fishing around the edges of those cabbage weeds, and then there was also a live bait rig bite that was out off of Diamond in a little deeper water in that 18, 19, 20-foot range. And, you know, this is the time of the year, you know, these fish know when that water temp starts to drop that, you know, they're only going to be moving slower and slower and slower until next spring. So they need to pack it on for the winter, and so they're all feeding pretty hard. Well, they say fall is the best time to fish, but I think uh, both of you guys uh, would know that it also can be a little bit dicey weather-wise. Um, if you're going to go out fishing in the fall, you, you got to have the right clothes. Uh, otherwise, it's just going to be miserable. Exactly. Yeah. And, you know, it, it, that's one of those things that, you know, people need to understand, you know, if you're going to want to do this with regularity and, and be serious about it, spend those extra dollars and get the, the quality stuff. I mean, Sims Gear uh, makes, like, just a light rain gear for the summer, and then they have a little heavier insulated set that is also rain gear, but much warmer for spring and then fall and early ice season. I actually use my insulated Sims for early ice also. Do either of you guys use the battery-powered stuff that a lot of gear hunters use now? Either one of you guys? I don't. I uh, I do not. I just have uh, sweatshirts, and I got some light jackets that are insulated with down that are pretty light, but they're they're uh, warm. But I mean, I honestly, if it gets that cold where I got to have a battery to keep me warm all day, <laughs> uh, I don't know if I'll be out there for that long anyway. So. That's why they make they say layer. Layer, layer, layer. You know, the other thing, too, you know, if you have to buy batteries, it, that gets a little expensive to be buying batteries for your clothing. Yeah, and I worry about if I happen to tumble in the water, you know. And 
<laughs> I don't know if that's such a concern, but uh, <laughs> no, I don't it's just kind of so. funny to think about that. <laughs> Um, yeah, and, the, and modern day uh, stuff too is is just not all bulky. I mean, when you when you think about getting warm, you think about bulking up. But they've got some really great stuff now that really doesn't get you too bulky. You still have plenty of room to maneuver and cast and do the things you need to do. Definitely. Anything else you guys want to share before we wrap it up? I just want to thank Jacob because he really was the driving force behind this team for the last two years. I don't know. I mean, I probably still could have done it, but I definitely know for a fact that it wouldn't be, it wouldn't have been as enjoyable and it wouldn't have been as easy as it was because of Jacob. And I just, I wish him the best moving forward. He's a great stick. I really hope that he gets to um, follow his dream and, and compete in those national qualifiers while he's at BSU here. And I wish him the best of luck as he does it. Jacob, uh, congratulations on a great career. Uh, definitely a, a big name in Bemidji High School fishing. Uh, you're definitely going to be going down in the record books as a pioneer. So congratulations on that. Thanks for taking time to be with us. And uh, maybe I'll be talking to you when you're getting ready for a big tournament for BSU down the road. Yeah, sounds good. Thank you very much. I appreciate it from both of you guys. It uh, means a lot, you know, just a kid trying to – live out his dream and thanks to uh chris for stepping up to the plate and helping me out with that and having a great community uh, as long as yourself kev helping out and supporting the team and making this a possibility jacob slough is a graduating uh, lumberjack angler and chris haley is the coach of the lumberjack fishing team wrapping up the 2020 season with us today on paul Bunyan country outdoors guys thanks again thank you kev have thanks, a great day kev. This has been Paul Bunyan Country Outdoors, sponsored by DS Beverages, the Anheuser-Busch distributor for Paul Bunyan Country, Clearbrook Electric, Timberline Sport and Convenience in Black Duck, Ace on the Lake in Bemidji, Bonded Lock and Key, your home for Liberty Safes, and Pepsi and I Bottling of Bemidji. The South Dakota Stories, Volume 3. It was my first time traveling alone. Packed my car with hiking boots, a camera, and my dog Randy. I don't know what I was searching for. Maybe it was something new with adventure. Maybe it was the idea of vacation I would never expect, filled with wildlife, national parks, rivers. Whatever it was I set out to find, it was all there and more. Because there's so much South Dakota, so little time. The new Deborah Health Report podcast drops the first Wednesday of every month. Visit DeborahHealthReport.com for the latest with Raza Kay as she discusses heart disease, sleep conditions, and more with leading doctors at Deborah Heart and Lung Center. Listen at DeborahHealthReport.com.